Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Roe is dead and it is no longer the law of the land. And as a colleague said today, June 24th, 2022 is the day of our Lord. Roe versus Wade was a decision by a handful of justices that resulted in over 60 million deaths. It has divided a country. It took the decision from legislatures and the people and made the United States one of the worst countries in the world at protecting unborn human beings. And today it is amazing news. It is Roe is dead. And that millstone around our nation's highest court is released. And I just, when I, I am in Alaska, I am coming from you from the middle of nowhere. So the internet connection might not be the best that we are normally used to, but I was so excited. I've just been in tears this morning when I um, woke up kind of four hours behind and my text messages were going crazy. All the news alerts were going crazy. And I ran upstairs and just turned on the news and tears were just coming down my face of giving God all the glory and that our justices and our highest court had the courage to stand for what is right to undo an injustice that they did many years ago. So um, to talk about today's decision, because we think back of the last few weeks when we think about this leak, it has, um, it's kind of like the leak that is surrounding this Dobbs case. It has been like a spy novel. We've seen everything that's happened um, <laughs> in this decision that we have been waiting. And everything that, um, you know, of course, this was leaked from one of the most revered private guarded institutions, the U.S. Supreme Court. And we saw protests rise up, a media misinformation, which has been unbelievable at all these emotional scare campaigns that have been going on. Even watching our president of the United States with his press conference um, surrounding this case, just so much misinformation going on and trying to go at the hearts of the emotions of the American people. But we are so thankful that they have finally released their opinion and um, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. But today to talk about the case, I have Todd Chastine from Samaritan's Purse, back to discuss it. He's our vice president of public policy. He is the legal brain that I always go to. I was teasing because I couldn't get a hold of him this morning. And I knew he was locked in his office reading the 200 page opinion. And um, I always tell him I need the cliff notes. So Todd, thank you for being back to Fearless. Great to be with you, Sissy. And so thankful to the Lord for this time that we get get to enjoy this moment in history. I, I didn't know if I would get to enjoy this in my lifetime, I thought you would in your lifetime since you're a little younger, but we, we give thanks to the Lord and also really are thankful to Alito and Thomas and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Barrett, uh, five justices uh, that had the fortitude to uh, go against the cultural winds and to really do the right thing, even though uh, their lives were even threatened and the Supreme Court's been threatened. And so we're very thankful for this day. I mean, that's all I could say is just like, thank you, Lord. I mean, to God be all the glory. Yes. And many people have worked on it, but God is just how he has, the puzzle pieces have been put together over the years. But um, explain to us, what does this decision mean today? Like I said, you've already read the uh, entire 
uh, opinion. What does this decision mean in practical terms? Well, Alito made it clear that the U.S. Constitution makes no reference uh, to abortion. And it's not even part of our nation's history or tradition and not any part of the concept of ordered liberty uh, that other rights in the Constitution uh, have, have brought to bear. And he also you know, talked about the fact that at the time of Roe, 30 states prohibited abortion. And all of a sudden, uh, I think it was seven justices said, look, we're going to create or invent law um, and create this what looked like legislation, which Congress is supposed to do, not the court, and make up all these rules about trimesters and create and invent a right that was never there. And so even many people who uh, advocate for the right to abortion, they, they had to admit, and they did admit, that the opinion was written so poorly, uh, illogically, it was bad legal theory, it was flawed a theory of life, it was flawed science, uh, it was flawed history. It, it just was probably one of the most poorly written opinions that we have, and it had to go. And so uh, Alito, in a, in a very uh, straightaway fashion, just said, uh, this opinion is an abuse of judicial discretion, and it, it, it's not reflected in the Constitution anywhere. It's not reflected in a history. It has to go. And it's different than any other right of privacy case we've ever had in our history. There's a bunch of right of privacy cases dealing with um, who can be married and uh, contraception and all those things. And he said, no, it doesn't have anything to do with those. This right of privacy issue actually ended up in a death. It ended up in killing a potential life, ending a potential life. It was very different than any other right of privacy we um, uh, allowed in our Constitution and in our uh, judicial cases over the years. So he distinguished between that and four justices agreed with him. And uh, they so they ended up over turning Roe in another case called Casey uh, that had restricted states. And one of the real practical sides of this, and this is a, um, a little bit of a subtle point, but it's a reality. If you live in a state, you, you, have, you vote people into your state legislature. They have a right to make laws, and usually their laws are to protect people. And what Roe did was in 1973, it said, hey, state legislatures, you aren't allowed to protect mm -hmm. human beings in the womb. You're not allowed to. That's up to us. We, 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 we decide that. And, and all of a sudden, the states were totally cut out. The people were totally cut out. 30 states' laws were overruled. And this, and this decision today said, nope, we're going right back to the states. Yeah. Uh, the states can make the decision. The people in, like us in the states can influence our legislatures and say, look, we want life protected. We want life-affirming candidates in office. And so that's a big change, and that's a great change. And as you said earlier, that national millstone is off our neck 
and you can even you can feel some of that weight lifted because you know when you're one of the worst seven countries in the world over yeah. including over 190 countries uh, that's not a good place for a nation to be in god's eyes or in anybody's eyes well and i think that i mean just today watching um the news you know you got two sides that are very emotional and very passionate about this issue and it's a heated debate and watching just our president of the united states today just defend that like you just said we're one of the worst seven countries in the world with china and north korea that we're not protecting the most vulnerable i see those that are out protesting in the streets they're the ones that will like save the earth save the whales and everything else but with human life um they think it's their constitutional right. They've been told it's their constitutional right um, to be able to abort for any reason up to the time of birth. And so now returning that to the states, we've seen the states come in. They have been locking in these laws over the last few months and years um, to protect life. There'll be some states that become kind of the mecca for abortion, I'm sure. We see that in um, you know New Mexico and other states rising right. up. But um, where women are seeking abortions. But um, we also heard the president, once again, trying to go after the emotions in the hearts of the American people to get them fired up. And um, it, they're, they're all scare tactics. The only thing that's gone is uh, states being forced to accept abortion. Now they can come up with their own laws, and each state will come up with their own standard for abortion now. Well, and that's what we're going to hear. Um, so many arguments and I always think like the left's arguments are so kind of archaic at this point. We've learned a lot over the last 50 years and they're still using some of the same uh, talking points um, where science has kind of proven them wrong. But also we now have like real statistics back there, back then with Roe, we've talked about this here on Fearless. They didn't really have statistics to go off. They were kind of making up their own um, because nobody had the data back then. But it was like listening to the um, President Biden in this press conference and just saying women are going to die, mothers are going to die because of their health. The facts are 1.14% of abortions are to save the mother's life. 1.28% are preserved to men- or is to preserve the mental health of the mother. Only 0.39%, that's less than half of a percent, are due to rape and incest. Um, but 96% of abortions are for elective birth control. And that's what people don't realize. I mean, they're using these words, these <laughs> going after the American women that if you're raped or, um, or if it's incest, then you have to have this baby. And that's just very, very yes. few women that that's the case of. But um, so I just want people that are listening to, you know, once again, you've got to know the facts and be ready because those are the discussions. You're going to even be having these discussions in the church because there's many in the church now that actually don't agree uh, with the law that um, or with the court's decision today. And we as Christians need to be prepared for it. Um, Talk to us about Chief Justice Roberts. I want people to understand what happened there. In this instance, uh, I think it's confused a lot of the media, too. the, the the reality of this decision is it was five to four in reversing Roe and saying there is no right in the Constitution to abort a child. And that's what the five justices said. Um, Roberts came short. And those five justices, let me interrupt, are Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Exactly. Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, 
agreed that the one part of row should go away, which was a viability standard, which says, you know, at a, at a point of viability, um, that all of a sudden states might have some rights of protecting the child. Um, but the, in, this, in this instance, um, he would not have reversed Roe v. Wade. And it, basically he was saying he still thought there was a right to abortion in the Constitution and in our uh, precedents, our constitutional precedents. And so he did not agree to overturn Roe and Casey. He only agreed to strike down the part of Roe and uphold the 15-week Mississippi law. Um, he, he, he thought there should be a reasonable time for a woman to choose. And so there, one of the practical aspects of that is that um, overturning, overturning Roe and Casey, women are still going to have a reasonable time to choose in most states because most states are going to go 12-week rule, 15-week rule, child's heartbeat rule, child's pain rule. And so uh, that's, that's still going to take place. And then the liberal states, of course, going to uh, allow abortion as, as far as they can push it. But so, so Roberts did not have the fortitude to make such a bold decision to get rid of something so egregious as Roe v. Wade, which has killed over 60 million people and uh, was sure to kill a lot more. And so that's why we need to be thankful for those five that did have the courage. Oh, my goodness, their courage. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we saw just weeks ago what happened with, uh, I believe it's near Kavanaugh's house, and someone was coming after him and had weapons. and Yeah, the, de- the death threats, the danger, yes. their families put in danger. And to stand against just the culture of our world today and all the cultural pressure, I mean, they're... Their courage, I just, I get the chills. I got goosebumps thinking about it today that they would stand strong um, to end the evil um, and the lawlessness of Roe versus Wade and that decision yeah. made so many years yes. ago. And, and you, made a good, you made a good point about those percentages of that the, the extreme rare cases of rape, incest, um, or, or the mother's safety. And states are going to be looking at all that. They, they'll still continue to look at all that. When you have a, a Mississippi rule, obviously 15 weeks and some other 12 weeks and other heart, child's heartbeat, which will be six to eight weeks, they're going to be you know, considering all those things um, and all those issues. But they're often, what you made a great point, they're so rare, they're so rare and they're used as an excuse to keep a row intact and, and there's other more uh, thoughtful ways of protecting children in the womb, uh, which the states can now be allowed to do, finally. I mean, we just think of how evil what we've seen happening, just the evil that's happening around the Supreme Court in the last couple of weeks. You know, abortion was something that was like this dark hidden secret, right? That women who were struggling, who didn't have the means, you know, back in the 70s and now is something they're proud about. They brag about it. It's evil. They're taking abortion pills on the steps at the Supreme Court. The evil that is surrounding this nation, I can't, I've thought about like the spiritual warfare that's above that city, you know, that we, we are not allowed, we can't see with our own eyes. Um, 
And that's where, as Christians, we celebrate today as pro-lifers. This is a huge, a, just a huge victory that I get very emotional about. But to think the hard work is so much before us to change the heart of a nation, to to show love to these, to the ones that seem so evil to us, um, to show them truth and compassion. I mean, abortion is now in the hands of the state legislators, those that we vote on. And um, we're going to have to get to work. We can't sit still. I am so thankful for all yeah. the organizations over the years, Todd, that you've introduced me to. I've been very open about how I sat on the sidelines for so many years when it came to life because my generation was taught in schools and our universities that this was the law of the land. We didn't think twice about going against Roe versus Wade. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized and I saw God working that this could happen. This could be overturned. And I was shamefully realized I had sat on the sidelines. And I'm so thankful for those organizations that haven't, like Alliance Defending Freedom, Students for Life. I mean, I was just talking about Kristen Hawkins and Students for Life, how much they have worked to change the heart of a generation. I mean, the young people that they have gone after, and those young people are active on their college campuses and in their high schools. And they are person by person, heart by heart, they are changing the heart of a nation to see the truth. And I'm so proud of them at Students for Life. March for Life has played, you know, key roles in this historic moment. But as you've pointed out before, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom's involvement has truly been amazing, that they were engaged in selecting Mississippi as the state to pursue this historic achievement. Um, They were very detailed in the Mississippi legislation draft, assisting Mississippi Attorney General um, they've just have done so much. And, you know, we've had them on here um, on Fearless before. We've had all those three organizations here on Fearless. And I'm so grateful. I mean, and also I've said this to you, Todd, I'm thankful for the Catholics. Oh, absolutely. They have stuck with this. They are the ones that are changing their this generation and this heart. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's so many wonderful Protestant organizations, so many great churches that have incredible programs. I think of Jack Graham, uh, his church, Prestonwood down in Texas. They have a phenomenal pregnancy center at their church. But boy, those Catholics. They certainly show up at the march. And uh, I know with you, uh, you were on the main stage for the March for Life and a plenary speaker at the Students for Life, which is the largest uh, college student conference with thousands of college students there making a huge impact. And and, and uh, you, you were sharing there. And it, it's so wonderful to be connected to those wonderful organizations that are doing great things. And ADF, as you said, were, they were incredibly strategic in uh, uh, helping the state of Mississippi uh, and walk along their side, side, side of them to help them out in this process uh, to get this one this great result that uh, is long overdue. But we'll be thankful for th- this time uh, where we finally got to that. And now we get to the point where we need to be helping uh, continue to help. You know, mothers and children and preborn yeah. children and and you know educating people on life educating uh, people on the development of child in the womb and educating on the false narratives like some people who are pro-life only care about the unborn and not the born which is such a false narrative uh, our ministry uh samaritan's purse bga we're we're primarily dealing with the the born, but we in this case we wanted to advocate for the unborn also, and it's consistent, um, and and that's that's true with all these pro-life organizations that are in the trenches helping the mothers uh, in unplanned pregnancies, walking alongside, providing 
diapers and homes and college scholarships and mentors and subsistence and food. And, and, and that's the reality. And there's thousands of those pregnancy resource centers doing a great job with the mothers. And we've got to you know, just continue loving on them and persuading people um, to, to uh, support life. And I, I think one of the biggest things yeah. is when people come to know the Lord, there's a much greater chance they're going to be uh, life affirming and, and their understanding uh, that it was, was stronger than the understanding of the uh, Supreme Court that decided Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And uh, just to follow up with that, you know, we're talking about supporting mothers, but also to those who are committed to fatherhood, these fathers yes. stepping up um, to the plate. And we talked about this on the last episode when we had Kristen Hawkins, when we were preparing for this uh, case. Um, and she really explained about chemical abortions. That's going to be their new target, Planned Parenthood, all these abortion advocates. That is where their new moneymaker is going to be. Um, and we need to inform women the dangers of that and challenging that and being prepared. But um, once again, Todd, there is so much to be grateful for today. And we know the work's not ahead, but we're going to take, take this victory and all the people, including you, um, even in my own personal life and how much you and your wife have challenged me and helped me and opened my eyes to this issue. For that, I'm forever grateful. Um, and I'm grateful for just um, the men and women who have fought so tirelessly these last um, 50 years and in, in for this moment. So there are, I wanted to share really quick before we leave, I was thinking of, um, these justices, you know, that did have the courage. And I remember it was September 26, 2020, when my dad hosted the prayer march in Washington, D.C. And, you know, they've estimated it was 100,000 people were there to pray. And it was a remarkable thing to see. I get emotional thinking about it. And we know that those prayers are still before the throne of God. And, um, but that same day, I remember leaving, I was hosting the event with Mike Huckabee and I left the studio and I got invited to go to the White House. And I went to the White House, and um, that's when President Trump was announcing Amy Coney Barrett yes. uh, for the Supreme Court. And I remember they're sitting there thinking, just, I was thinking of the spiritual warfare that would be above that city, the angels fighting the demons above that city, things we couldn't see, because God was mm -hmm. putting things into place. I thought of the amount of power of prayer in that city that day. And here is President Trump, an unlikely man, right. an unlikely source, um, putting her into position. And I remember sitting there thinking, if he doesn't win re-election, it was all for this moment. God put him in position mm -hmm. for this moment, that it could overturn Roe versus Wade. And I truly, I want to say that this is his legacy. I'm so thankful God used him an unlikely man from New York City. Um, and I just remember there sitting there thinking in that moment and I had chills looking at her, looking at her family, what an accomplished woman she was and, the, um, and just praying for our Supreme Court then and how thankful I am for those, those five that had the courage. Um, so once again, Todd, I'm just... Um, I'm thankful. Thank you for coming on to Fearless. As we look and we move forward in these next couple of weeks, in these next couple 
uh, months and the years, what would our challenge to the Christian church to be? One is, is to, you know, give thanks that more children are going to live. Now, uh, consequences like medical professionals are going to have conscious objections with greater protection, and it'll be harder to spend government dollars on abortion. Those are all encouraging things. But the challenge for the church is what it was before, and that and, and that's helping um, in their communities, in their church, with the with the uh, families that are going through uh, an unplanned pregnancy and may need resources, may need encouragement, uh, volunteering at the uh, pregnancy resource centers like my wife does and thoroughly enjoys that. And and the mentees, uh, these young women uh, who are often in college, uh, are so thankful and grateful and appreciative. And there's a great opportunity to walk through uh, that those months with them and those years with them, stay in touch with them and be a part of an incredible life. Because, you know, the, these lives, like we just learned that Steph Curry was almost aborted and one of the most amazing basketball talents in NBA history. We And you were you mentioned the prayer march, yeah. and you sat next to Ryan Bomberger, who was a product of rape, and uh, his mother kept him. And now he has a pro-life ministry. He's adopted children. Uh, he, he had an emotional announcement today. He was crying all over Instagram because yes. this means a lot to him. You're, like you said, he's a product of rape and he's pro-life. Yes, and you were sitting with him at that prayer march, the dinner at the prayer march. And I think of all these, these Steph Curry stories and the Ryan Bombergers, people made in the image of God, blessing others. And we need to continue to give the most vulnerable a chance. We need, we need to continue to advocate at the state level, educating people, sharing with people, having hard discussions with people, and talking to our, our um, representatives yep. and say, we, we want life-affirming uh, regulation in our state and, and, uh, and, and talk with them about that and, it's, and let them know how important that is. Uh, because if, if, if you encourage mothers to kill their own children, the rest of society is not going to be far behind in, in decay, and we're seeing that. And uh, hopefully we can reverse some of that with, with this national decision of being struck. And that's the hard thing to watch, how sick it is, how evil it is that we are here actually defending killing a child with the science we have it now. You know, the party of science, they don't really kind of disregard right. it when it comes to the issue of abortion. But I mean, man, God has given us a front row as he's revealed yes. his science to us. And, um, but, you know, we have our hard work ahead of us still, but we'll, we'll thank God for this victory, major victory. And I want to end um, with the Mississippi Attorney General Fitch's quote. He says, today marks a new era in American history and a great day for the American people. Roe versus Wade is now behind us, consigned to the list of infamous cases that collapsed under the weight of their errors. The decision is a victory not only for women and children, but for the court itself. I commend the court for restoring constitutional principle and returning this important issue to the American people. It's up to us, the American people in each of our states. I encourage you, get involved. It's not too late. If you've sat on the sidelines, get involved or continue to get involved. Once again, Todd Chastain from Samaritan's First, thank you for joining me on another episode of Fearless. Thank you, sissy. Once again, thank you for joining me on today's episode of Fearless. What a 
awesome day it is to celebrate and to praise the Lord. I was thinking of the Bible verse today, Psalm 102, uh, 18. It says, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. And I think of all the children that will be saved, the lives that will be saved with this Supreme Court decision today. May they know and give God the glory and praise the Lord. Um, if you need any additional information on this case and what is going on currently in our culture regarding Roe versus Wade being overturned, I encourage you to check out billygram.org for more information. Once again, thank you for joining me on today's awesome celebration here on Fearless. Have a blessed day and remember to give God all the glory. 